Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode number 198 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode's brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee, you guessed it, it's roasted right here in Iowa. It's roasted by a musician. It's one of my favorite coffees I've ever had. All you got to do is go to the website, order some coffee, they'll roast it and ship it to your house. They have different coffee selections there. They change all the time. You can tell them how you want it roasted. And, you know, one of the other cool things about Couchtown is the fact that they'll ship it right to your door. And all you got to do is grind it up in the morning and have some amazing coffee. So check it out, CouchtownCoffee.com. If you find a coffee you like and you make an order, let them know Audible Farm sent you. They'll give you 20% off. Why? Because they're that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown. This week, I'm sitting down with Scott Kirkhart. Uh, I played a show with him recently, and it was a really fun time. So I figured we should uh, sit down and chat a little bit about how his shows have been going. He's become a full-time musician recently, and he's also launched his band entitled Kirkheart, which is a really fun experience. I mean, it is a full-on show. We talk about that in the upcoming podcast. And I mean, this one, we talk about pretty much everything. I mean, we talk about Elvis at one point in time, I and mean, we talk about literally like everything. Garth Brooks, we go down the line. It's it's pretty wild. There's a little bit of gear talk, a little bit of something in here for everybody, honestly. I have fun sitting down with Scott, talking with him all the time. I feel like I could just sit down with him and not have an agenda and just have a great podcast with him regardless. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy this one. I really had a fun time sitting down talking with Scott. I always do. And uh, this is episode number 198 with Scott Kirkhart. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. Today, I'm sitting down with Scott Kirkhart. Scott, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast, and uh, actually, we recorded the last episode in the same location. The same location. Cool. So, the last time we were in this location, um, you and I, at least, we were talking about uh, how you were going to start a new band. It was going to be called Kirkhart. You had an idea in mind. And since that time, you have played a show. You played a few shows. Yep. And uh, I was at the very first show. As a matter of fact, I was playing with Jesse and we opened up for you. Yep. And I just want to get your thoughts on, on what you had in mind going into this. And like after that first show, what you thought, did you think that you were... You know, did you think that you were getting out of it what you had originally in your brain thought you were going to get out of it? Yes. Yes. Everything. Uh, <laughs> it, it was everything and more. You know, we set the ball pretty high on that first debut. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now we can only go up from here on out, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we were uh, we really rehearsed for that. We were at the top of our game and it, it oh, was yeah. it was ready to go. I'll talk about nerves, though. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that first initial, I remember when I got up on stage just ready to just kick it off. And, you know, and I wanted to do a huge, huge kickoff for this day. And I looked out, and there's just a sea of people out there. Oh, yeah. And I was like, my heart started beating out of my chest. And I had to turn around and go, take a deep breath, slow down, yep. slow down, calm yourself. You oh, know? yeah. So, uh, it was everything that I expected it would be. I mean, that I wanted it to be or dreamed that it would be. Yep. Uh, the light show, uh, the sound. <laughs> the light show was insane. The sound was amazing. The, the people, you know, it was fun. I, 
Okay, so like just for you know, this is inside baseball, which is pretty much what this podcast is all about. But uh, I got to show up the night before, run a little bit of sound, see your guys' light setup and things like that. You know, just kind of get accustomed to what's going to go on. That was the night before, and I was just like, "Holy cow, this is a this is an amazingly huge setup." I mean, they extended the stage out forward and everything because yep. uh, uh, there's let's see here, how many of you are there? One, two, three. There's five of you. Five of us. Five of you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, to get all those people on the stage at the ballroom in Fort Dodge. Well, and then we got these, you know. Yeah. We got these massive risers here, and uh, we got a keys riser as well that matches it, you know. Yep, yep. So it takes up a lot of space. It honestly, yeah. I mean, it's it's not like you guys have to have the biggest stage and yada, but it's it in order to get everything you want onto the stage to do what you want to do for your show, you kind of do have to have a stage. Yeah, a big location to do it. Yeah, we do pretty decent size. We don't have to. I, I wouldn't say that we're a bar band by any means, unless we're, you know, say a Shotgun Betty's or okay, yeah, or, yep. or an Outlaws and Ames or, um, what's that one in Clive and oh yeah, but yes, you, you know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, the places like, that like, are like dedicated for yeah, that. like a big honky tonk or, or something, you know, and they, you know, those places used to be a, a lot of yeah around a lot and now there's not so many of those places available anymore i think they're coming back they are yeah they are starting to come back which is pretty cool it's honestly pretty wild because i mean like el rays in iowa city is kind of like that to an extent so you'd go down there it's like man this place is packed with college kids like coming to watch you know old bald me up there play some guitar this is wild outlaws is the same way in ames and you know we want to get down there and play um and so Anyway, back to the stage thing. But, yeah, our stage is – we can't just go set up at the community tap for a night. And Would that be an option if someone was just like, please, you know, like you don't have to bring all of the lights or anything. Just come as a band and just do it. Everybody? I don't know if we could. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, you'd have to honestly tone a lot of things. Well, you reel it back <laughs> in, I think. Would Andy's, drum, Andy's drum set takes up a lot of place. And then you throw keys on top of it, too. That's true. You know, and then you got us – I mean, we could. I don't. We couldn't do but a ten by ten stage anymore. It, yeah, it'd be tough. I mean, it'd be really tough. Yeah, you guys would be squished in there. You'd be, the whole back line would just be the the drums and the keyboards, and then where do you put the amps? You know? Right. <laughs> and then kind of what you know. Then, then what do you do with sound? True. You know, I mean, our sound engineered. It, all of our sound is art there, and it's just they're big speakers and they're ready to. Yep. Ready to go. I, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing. Like. Uh, thinking about some of those venues that might have their own sound person, like how how's that all going to work out? You know, I don't know. Um, I'm hoping to get in. I'm playing a solo gig in, in El Rays in Iowa City coming up this next month. Nice. Um, and I'm going to talk to him about getting the the full band in there. Andy, uh, yeah, you, Andy really wants to get down there because his his son goes to college down there. Nice. And I think his daughter is now going to go to college down there as well. So oh, you guys he'd really love to get down there. And, and, and play in Iowa City. Yeah, you guys would crush it down there. Oh, yeah. It'd be oh fun. It'd be a good time. That would be a good time. And I mean, Iowa City's. it's so weird because I feel like since it's almost like the COVID time was like a reset for venues. There's, you know, there's places in Iowa City that are like pulling in people from all across the state now, you oh, know, yeah. and, and same thing like with the Des Moines area. There's a few venues that are starting to do that with everybody, you know, whether it be, you know, like you or Corey Waller or Tank Anthony or whoever it's going to yeah. be, you know, they're starting to pull in all these people from, you know, our area, other areas. And it's, it's kind of cool to see these places actually, you know, pulling those types of acts in. How did I, I told 
I don't remember who I was talking to. It wasn't too long, a couple weeks ago. And they're like, you know, how's music going? And I said, right now is the time to be a musician yep. in this area. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and it isn't just our area. It's everywhere nationally. I mean, I was, oh, I was talking to the Pork Tornadoes. Yes. Uh, oh, Mike Shaldi was like, he's yeah. like, man, he's like, everybody just wants to book. And it, it's the truth. People just want to get out and just enjoy it, enjoy live music and have fun. And it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a great time to be a musician right now. Yeah. I mean, you got to think to yourself, like people have kind of been cooped up and stuff like that. But the places that usually throw these kind of events that have disposable budget built in for it based on tax dollars, like didn't get to spend that money for two years. So they're like... Yeah, bring in the pork torn, you know, bring in Scott Kirkhart, you know. Yep. Uh, Ragbri's coming through town. We're like, yeah, bring in a, a big band and do it, you yeah. know, or whatever. So yeah. there's all these places that are more than willing to now. I think he even said on my podcast, and this was a couple months ago, he's like, if if you weren't ready for it, like, it's, it's it might be too late for your band right now. But, I, it, you know, it might be, but it might not be. We're st I mean, bookings are still coming in through the summer into September. All fall, all winter. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the same way. You know, whether you're solo or whether they want the full band, they just want to keep this train rolling, you yeah. know, and so that's kind of what we're going to try to do. I got to get my lead guitar player back first. But. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, I mean, we can kind of touch on that a little bit. So uh, we'll, we'll shift gears here a little bit, but I, I ended up playing at a show in uh, Ragbri in Newell. It was one of the, the pass-through towns for Ragbri. Yeah. And uh, I played along with you and Jesse Wilson and uh, Mr. Brady O'Brien and... It was, it was honestly like that was a, a show where for some reason I had like zero nerves going into it. Like even though I was playing with you and Brady and I'd never played with either one of you. Oh, yeah, but, sure. But we had a practice the night before and it was just like, this is easy. Like, yeah, we just kicked back and, and enjoyed our practice. I mean, it was a great night, yeah. you know. And then, and then we got up there the next day at Ragbride and, you know, appreciate you coming along. Absolutely. You know, after, after, uh, the incident with uh, with Mason, poor guy. Yeah. Um, we'll touch on that later. But, yeah. um, you know, I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, I'm not canceling Ragbri. I'm not going to no. do it. No way. And, and so I, I got a hold of Jesse. And Jesse's like, yeah, I'll get Pete. And I said, well, I'll get Brady. And I said, let's all get together. Yeah. And we can, we'll do something. We'll put on a show for him. Yeah. And I think that was one of the crazy things that, like, I was thinking to myself, like, that night, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. A whole bunch of new people, et cetera, et cetera. But I was like, everybody understands, like, we're playing these chords, you know. And everybody that's doing any soloing understands, like, you know, this is the key we're in, you know. And it's like, we all kind of, like, pick up on it. It's like, yeah, we, we got this. Like, yeah, we got it. You know, yeah. we all, it all just fit really well, you know. And nobody stepped on anyone's toes. And No. I mean, and, I mean, I've seen Brady play before, and I know he's good. But it's also, like, I've never played with him in a show. So, right. it's, it's just like, I don't, I, you know there's a measure of how good somebody is and then how well you fit with them too. So yep. it's one of those things like, is this going to work out? But the crazy thing was, uh, it worked out so well and it wasn't until the show that I realized why. And you were like, he's been playing piano since he's four. And I was like, Oh, he's only 18, but he's like been playing the piano almost longer. And I've been playing the guitar, right? right. You know, so yeah. I mean, it's just second he nature. Gets, to yeah, him. he gets and it. And he's got the, you know, not only does he read music, but he also got his ear for it. Yep. You know, so it's, he, I have to look at him and say, Brady, no, no, play this key right here. Maybe go up that octave higher. You mm -hmm. know, and he's like, oh, here you go. Here. Yep. Here. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> it's so easy. The world needs more keys players. That's for darn sure. Yeah, well, I think there's probably a lot out there, there, but they don't, they just sit at home. You know, I mean, yeah. kind of like some of these, uh, or, or they just play at church and, yep. and that's all they do. There's I a mean, lot of church piano players. Brady 
plays for churches all around. I mean, that's how I got started playing was, you know, at a church. church. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a thing. I mean, it's definitely a thing. I feel like you're right, though. There's probably a lot of people playing keys that are just basement rockers. Like, I imagine how many people took piano, like, you know, like Brady, like 4 to 18, and then just never did anything with it because they yeah. didn't know what to do with it. Well, you know, and how many people have a piano sitting in the living room? I mean, I mean any more, not as many, maybe? Well, but, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I got, like, my nephew has one, and... Uh, there were three. He doesn't even play very often. He's got three. like a baby grand piano. <laughs> I think there were three at my house at one point in time. Uh, you know, so <laughs> you know. But I remember going to my my aunt Patsy's, and she had one of these little tiny organs. You know that you mm-hmm. you just sit down and dink around on. It. Yep. And she didn't play much, but she sat down and played that. You, yep. That's true. You probably get a lot of people out there that are that way. That's uh, we're gonna go on another tangent here. So I think about that. Like how you said it was your aunt, so that was kind of like when you were growing up. I'm assuming she had it at her house, but like my grandparents, they had a they had a piano, you know, and then they also had like an an acoustic guitar that they huh. had for their all their kids. They had a handful of kids or whatever. So this was for all the kids to use or whatever was this acoustic yep. guitar, and you know, one of them learned. And uh, took it on. And then what else? They had one of those little organs as well. Like, yeah. And, and so, like, it seems kind of weird that, like, instruments used to just kind of, like, almost be like a household appliance. You know, it's like oh, you I, got your oven, you've got your refrigerator, you got your piano, you know. So the question is, is it still that way? I don't know. I and mean, it, I it, have a piano in my house, and I don't play piano. I mean, did, I, did either of your kids play piano? No. <laughs> We dig around on it a little bit. I mean, I tried to put... Was I know, it there when you I know, moved like, in? lean on me. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I know how to find the... I know how to find the key of C yep. on the piano. You know, it's the white key in front of the two black keys. That's, that, that's easy. Yep. But Owen now, on the other hand, my son, he, he'll go out and... He can actually play by ear on the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to college here this soon, here um, this fall... And he's going to be a music music educator, and so his first one of his first classes intro to piano. So he's kind of excited oh, nice. about doing that. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, piano is the way to go if you want to learn music theory. Honestly, that's I would, I, you know I would say that was probably the first music touch that I had. I mean, Aunt Patsy would play the piano, and and cousin Connie and I would sit around and we'd sing a song to it. Oh, nice. You know, and I was just a little kid. <laughs> That's really cool. I mean, was the piano in your house when you moved in? No. Okay. I was, no, it wasn't. Actually, then, then how funny. did you end up with a piano? I haven't had a piano. Prob- I've had a piano now for probably 10 years. Um, when my parents moved into their house, there was an old um, upright grand piano downstairs in the basement that was totally out of tune. Uh, but yet, we, and it was just stayed there. We bought the house with the piano in it because they mm-hmm. weren't moving that out of the basement. Yep. And we just dinked around and played on that for a while, I guess, us kids did. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all of a sudden, it was like, I suppose 10 years ago, I seen somebody had something on Facebook, I think, and uh, you haul it, it's free. Mm-hmm. So we came to Fort Dodge and grabbed a piano out of somebody's base, or out of somebody's, yeah, out of the basement Ugh. of their house, and we just loaded into our living room. Ugh. Yeah, it was, I don't, yeah, that was a bad Ugh. I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but. Dude, pianos, like, even small ones are heavy. It wasn't until I saw, uh, was it Four Dodge Fine Arts? They were like a couple, maybe a year ago, were tearing apart a piano for something, and I yeah. can't remember what it was for. But they were like, if anybody has any use for any of the guts, come and pick them up. And it, they, like even the guts in the piano are super Weren't heavy. They painting pianos or something? That, that might have been what they were, but they had one they had to decommission or something. Oh, they did. Yeah, I don't know if they were doing it for. I don't know what they did. They might have made a planter out of it, or they were doing something. They gutted it for something. Uh, but I, they're heavy. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ridiculously heavy. I could not imagine. I could not imagine. And then there's people around the country that, well, Brady's got a, a piano mover that will come and grab his grand piano, just flips it up on the side and, and puts it on this cart and hauls it outside into a trailer, goes and he'll go to the next spot and he set his piano where Whoa. it needs to be set. Yeah, no problem. Like two people. And this is a huge grand piano. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Was that the one that, uh, that he used at his recent show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. That thing looks spanking. It's a, it's a nice looking one. If you guys are missing out on, I'm just going to throw this as a shameless plug to him, but it's like if you're missing out on Brady O'Brien, uh, oh, yeah. any of his live shows, yeah. you're, missing, you're missing out big. Yeah, there, you know, and he does a lot of cool things for for a, a lot of the uh, prof, nonprofits around the area. You know, I mean, yep. he's donating back to the community. Absolutely. What a pretty phenomenal young man, really. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's go through let's go through the band here and talk about another phenomenal man, which is the whole reason I was at the show playing at Ragbri with you. Uh, broken hand, no Kirkhart for a while. What's the oh, deal with that? Yeah, so we're just so we got our debut done. Yep. And uh, the next week we were opening for the Pork Tornadoes in Lakeview, mm-hmm. and uh, we did that show. And by the way, those guys are great. You're absolutely right. All of them are <laughs> awesome dudes. Um, yeah. If you don't like them, it it might be a problem. Yeah. On yeah. Your right. End. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then um, we had uh, a couple other shows booked and. Uh, I get this. I went up to Country Thunder. I did like a private party at Country Thunder, uh, and then we went to got to go to the concerts and all that stuff. It was uh-huh. really really cool. Um, but I was up there, and all of a sudden I get a phone call from Mason, and I call him back. He says, "Hey man, I got I got some bad news." And I'm like, "What? What's going on?" And he says, "Well, I I hit a deer head on on my motorcycle." And I was like, "Oh no, are you all right?" You know. And he says, "I'm okay. I kept the bike up, but I broke my wrist." And I got to be in a cast for who knows how long. And I was like, oh, no. You know, the bad part about it was I was like, Mason, I just told you like three weeks before this to not get in a wreck with your motorcycle because you're making money with your hands. And he's like, it was your fault. You're the one who told me. No. But that's what, and then I felt terrible, you know. Um, But he was supposed to have it off a week prior to Ragbri, and the doctor put him in another cast for another three weeks. Uh, um, as much frustration that we have um, of not being able to play these gigs as a band, mm-hmm. I can't even fathom the thought and frustration that Mason has. Um, can't play a guitar. He can't play a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he does come in here in the studio, and with his cast on, he'll play with these three fingers and just can move his thumb, you know, and that's all I can move. <laughs> and, and he'll, tomorrow, or tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow night, I don't remember what day we have a rehearsal. Yep. Um, but we, <laughs> he's going to muddle through it so we can start rehearsing because we got some big gigs coming up again. Yep. Um, and he's just... Bored. He can't ride motorcycle. He can't play guitar. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, this my life's over. And you know, I get it. Yeah, I mean, let's let's just. I, there's, I was assuming there's some people that are more casual listeners that are probably like, well, I can't play a guitar, boohoo, you know, or whatever. But it's like, right. But it's almost like one of those things. Like, imagine you and let's take the money making aspect out of it and just call it a hobby. But like, let's say you like to just drive around, and all of a sudden now you can't drive your car. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think of like other random hobbies, like, you know. Right. I mean, just, you, know, you like you, to ride your bicycle, can't ride your bike now. You got avid hunters. Yep. You got avid fishermen. Yep. Um, imagine if you can't go fishing. 
or hunting anymore. Yeah. For six weeks, yep. eight weeks, whatever it is. Yeah, it's prime time fishing season. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're right in the middle of prime time fishing season. Yep. Or golfing. Yep. You know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's... I mean, ah. look how many golfers are there. So, I guess, like... I, the shoe would honestly fit on anyone because if you broke your wrist, you probably wouldn't be able to do a lot of these things, honestly, you know? So like, absolutely. That would just totally suck. I mean, and well, then, you, I, then you throw riding a bike on top of it, which is probably something else he likes to do. And, yeah. and guess what? Can't do that anymore. And, and us collectively as a band has been behind him a hundred percent. And we're like, man, accidents happen. We understand you're out of the band. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, well, we thought about, you know, do we, do we find, do we find another league guitar player? And try to get them to do what he's doing that has taken, taken him over a year to get to this where we're at. Yep. Where the rehearse and I don't think there's enough. Even if I would say, Jeremy Ober, I need you to do this. There's so much technical stuff that we're doing. Or, or Ron King. You know, I'm sure they could probably pull it off. Yes. But you guys are, and it's not like your songs are like, they have to exactly be this way, but right. you, you guys are waiting for cues for lights yes. and everything else. So they kind of have to be set out a certain way yes. with no real big parts for flexibility, unless you've planned them to be there. It changes the whole show. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Oh, solo went too long. Now the lights are all weird and it's like, you know, it's just this big to do <laughs> right you know yeah it's not it's not a jam to, it's like you know we can just sit together and jam and have a good time and yep uh, it's a rehearsed show mm -hmm. i mean so we just decided that listen we're going to postpone a couple shows um we're going to get mason feeling better and uh and get him back on track again and i gotta tell you he is so ready to get back on track <laughs> again. he looked at me the other day he's like man i can't stand this anymore oh my gosh and i said i get it man you're almost there yep you know just Take care of yourself because you getting back 100% is more important than us playing a, a couple gigs. We can, yeah, you know, yeah, postpone. postpone them, do them another time. It's okay. You know, There'll be more gigs. And I hate coming to the Ragbrite Committee and saying, hey, this is what happened. Yeah. I've never had to deal with that personally on my side. I've only, I've only called in sick on one gig in my whole music career, mm -hmm. and I lost my voice completely. Yep. yep. And, and I was devastated because I had to do that. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's scary. Yeah, it is. Honestly, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just kind of, I feel sorry for Mason, but he'll be back 100%, 110% and, and ready to rock out again. Yeah, it's pretty wild, though. Like, I guess that's one of the benefits I have as being like a hired musician, more or less, is the fact that I don't have to go to uh, venues or bar owners or uh, promoters or booking agencies or, you know, towns you know city boards and be like hey this happened i'm sorry i can't like i don't have to do any of that right yeah so i, I that's a that's a that's a difficult phone call to make yeah it's a tough pill to swallow a week prior a week before ragbrai comes in and says all right we're back so yeah that is a tough pill to swallow to actually have to go up to these committees and be like hey that this happened yeah <laughs> you know? it, it was you know and i um Newell, the town of Newell was totally understandable about it. I, and I and I said to them, you know, I said, listen, I got these guys coming and we're still going to put on a hell of a show for you. Mm -hmm. And it's we're going to have fun doing it. Mm -hmm. And they were totally cool with it. And and we did. Dude, we, oh we, we, we bought it. It was a fun show. I had so much fun playing that show. It was, yeah, it was. It was a good time. And then after you left, we ended up going down to Screwy Louie's. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, Scotty Rockstar and Josh Nielsen were playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And they are like, oh, Scott Kirkcar, Jesse Wilson, no, your guys are going to get up here and sing a couple songs. Nice. And so we ended up getting up there and singing about five songs. I think Bree got up and sang with us. We did the John Prine song. Oh, yeah. And she ended up getting up singing with us, too. So that was kind of fun. Oh, man, now I'm trying to think of the name of the song. Anyways, yeah. Spite uh, of Yourselves. You yeah, That's it. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really cool. I, I love going to those big kind of town event shows because it just it there's so many people having such a good time there. Yeah. And, and it's almost like regardless of whether or not you're on stage playing music, you know. Right. It's I mean, it's just like you're going to a town festival, but you have like a bird's eye view of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Know? Well, and, you know, Ragbride's a little different because you, you have a constant crowd. Yeah, always changing. But it's always different. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because they're just rolling through town. Yeah, especially where, where were those people two songs ago that were going nuts and dancing? Yeah, well, uh, they went to Pokey. They're almost the Fonda or Pocahontas yeah, or wherever. Yeah, yeah they, yeah, they right. left. They had somewhere to go. And, and that's kind of the cool part about Ragbri is, you know, each of these little towns, they all have their own live entertainment. And uh, if you're a writer, what a cool deal. You can yeah. see live music and the whole entire week. And then when you stop, they have really big shows at night, you know. Yep. Yep, I know Pocahontas had uh, Impact Pro Wrestling was there. Did they really? Oh, man. That Impact kills it on those Ragbri shows. Oh, we darn. So much fun. Well, I think tonight, Pork Tornadoes are in Emmitsburg. Yep. I yep. was going to go up and see them guys. and I thought about it, but honestly, like, traversing Ragbri is not an easy feat. No. Like, okay, here, let me put it this way. Like, based on the route of Ragbri, um, there was no way to get to the stage unless you crossed the bike path. Correct. Uh, so, which proved to be difficult. I spent 15 minutes trying to get through Fonda. Did you really? Yeah. Just trying to get Just across trying to get across. Road. Oh, wow. And so, like, I don't, it was a thing. But See, hey. I didn't run into that. when we were, I, I came early enough, I think. I mean, there was a few bikers, that, but we just crossed right away and got in there. Uh, and Mark ran sound for us, so yep. uh, he was right behind me the whole time. Nice. Yeah, it's so nice having somebody run sound. That was something I talked about in a recent solo episode. Like, yeah, it was. Oh my gosh, talk about taking a, a load off. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I could. Plus, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I, 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 we could do it, whatever. But like, could you imagine having that giant sound system, like festival level sound system, I, and someone being like, "You're in charge." I couldn't do it. I, I, I even mean, if maybe it, even if it was an easier mixer to run, I would just be like, I'd be like, someone be like, "Hey." Here's the keys to the monster truck, you know, go yeah. take it for a lap around town. I'd be like, I don't know about that, dude. I, I think there's one, there's one downfall to, with the sound and that's stage sound. Like when we're in here, our stage sound is incredible. Yep. Right. I mean, but when I get up on stage sometimes, I have a hard time hearing each individually um, you know, like say leads or even my vocals or mm-hmm. Jesse's vocals. And I understand if you take a little longer, we could get that all nailed down. But when you got 10 minutes to even do it, to yep. get up there quick. Now I kind of realize why everybody goes in ears because you have that. You have the control. Uh, yes. Yep. Because if, especially if you have like something you can connect your Wi-Fi to, like you've got a tablet, I got a phone, whatever it happens to be, yeah. I can just dial in and be like, I need more of this, I need more of this, and I need less of this. Boom, right? Out it goes, and yep. easy peasy. You know, in ears they do make a lot of sense. It's also like there's a certain level of set it and forget it to your in ears. Yep. It's like yeah, they're in there, it's done. This is how much I like of everything. Just every time, right? Boom. And I, I, I mean, I, I, I have in ears. I've used them on my solo stuff. 
Uh, they work great solo, especially if you're in a loud brewery or something like that, you know, oh, where yeah. people get talking and you really just can't hear yourself much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really awesome for that. I, but I, I have hesitated to make that jump it's with, just, with the full it's band. It's another thing. That's just it. It's that's another, another thing. thing. So I, that's another thing where I think it's like, get used to what you got, then take the next step. Get used to what you got, take the next step. I mean, you could always just, before you're ready, take the next step. Yeah. But you're always kind of trying to play catch up on the back end of always. a lot of things, you know, so. And we are. I, you know, that's, I didn't want to get on a tech. Yeah. Uh, uh, on this a tech, is a podcast here, killer here. Tech, yeah, no, tech it's, talks. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, I get it. But, hey, back to Mason. You know, Mason's, uh, he's healing. He's a younger kid and he's going to do great. So. Yep. Yep. He'll be back, and we'll be back full force again. Yeah, maybe with in-ears, maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, that could be. Oh, uh, hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that's – I will talk about this because it's stage sound. You're you're 100% right. And I hate to just – I'm just going to come out and say it. I've said it privately a million times. Most of the time when the sound person says, you want more or less of this, I just, I just go to a guest, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. And then it's like vocals. How much – yeah, sure, that sounds good. And then I have such a hard time biting the bullet and asking him, like, can I get a little more of this? Right. Uh, unless it's egregious. Like, if I just can't hear anything, it's like, I need more guitar. You know, yeah. like, I'll say that. But, like, I have a hard time being like, can I get the loop station in my mind? It's not any harder for him to turn it up. No. He just goes, boop. Well, you know? But still, I feel like a, I kind of feel like I, a dick asking for it. As, I, I get it. I understand that. But as a musician, you're sitting here. And what I don't understand is, okay, we're going to do each individual one. Yep. Okay. So now you got your monitor. Your guitar sounds good in your monitor. And mm-hmm. now my guitar sounds good in my monitor. Mm-hmm. And and Jesse's. Mm-hmm. And okay, now you're going to do your vocals. Yep. And then I'm going to do my vocals and Jesse's vocals or, you know, somebody else's vocals. And then you play all together and it doesn't sound like that. Mm-hmm. Now I need more of your guitar into my monitor. I need more of my vocals. I need less of Jesse's. I need more of your vocals. Why don't you just, instead of doing it all individually, why can't we just do it all together to begin with and save a step? I'm not a sound guy. I don't know. Yeah, so some of what they're doing is setting, like, the, not just the monitor level, but also, like, a plausible gain stage okay. for the main level. But still, like, the other gist of it is I get that, though, too, where it's just like, tell me what you want in your monitor and what you want in your monitor and you want in your monitor. And sometimes people are just like, I'm just putting you into your monitor. Because yeah. that's, that's all you want to hear. But I'm one of those people that's like, I like to hear everybody. Well, especially... If you're doing harmonies, yeah, I gotta hear that other guy oh, yeah. in order to get that perfect harmony. You know what I mean? And I'm not somebody that can hit harmonies at all very well, anyways. <laughs> so like the few times we tried to hit a few, I was just like, there was a couple times I'm like, ah, I'm off, I'm off. I can't hear anything. No, I, I no, just, no, I and it sounded off. great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's what you were doing high harmonies, and I don't remember what song it was, but I was the hurricane. I kind of looked hurricane. over. I was like, yeah, <laughs> hurricane. You, yeah, that's what it was. I don't know why. I just like there's that's one song I heard it live once with somebody doing like some like spooky high harmonies, and I was just like. That sounds cool, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. As opposed to just like you know, you know, your normal major harmonies. Well, those are the does, ones but... to me that stick out of the higher harmonies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you, even if you listen to um, that Eagles song, uh, Seven Bridges Road, mm-hmm. I hear that higher harmony in. Yes. In there more than I do anything. Me too. That's the one that my brain always follows. Yeah. You know. Why is that? I think it has something to do with it being like the most pronounced note in the thing. So like the bass you will feel, so you know generally where everything's supposed to step to, but yep. but that would be like that'd be like your rhythm. 
Yeah. And then the rest of it would be like the melody, you know? Right. So like, that's kind of how music is like layered in a general sense. And that's what I hear most of the time. Me too. And uh, I'm just kind of like, yeah, we're missing something here. And then all of a sudden, even when I sang in Salty Views, Mm -hmm. I I would hear that. And I'm like, no, we're missing something. And, And I would say Alyssa or Emily... Emily was spot on all the time, you know, I mean, and I was like, yes, that's it. That's what we're missing right there. That high part. It's you know? so weird when you're, you're just like, I think we're missing something. It's kind of like, you know, like a, uh, a little bit like this. And then somebody just like instantly knows what you're doing and they can yeah. perform it. That's kind of mind blowing. Right. Like you said with, you know, Brady where it's just like, Hey, play me one of these chords that's shaped like this instead. And it's like honk, like, here you go. It came out, you know, it's, it's so crazy that there's people that can do that musically. And it's, it's, it's also just kind of wild that, Honestly, that there's people like that locally to us that we can access. Because, I mean, we've named a handful, but I could name a handful more, and you could name a handful more of those types of people where it's just like, this is mind-blowing. Yeah, yep. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty sweet to, to know that there's that many cool people in our scene, and, and you can kind of just count on them. And like you said... When you had a when you had an instance where your band couldn't be there, you ended up finding some buddies that you interact with and said, "Hey, you guys want to come along?" And you get to make music with new friends or you know old friends, friends, whatever. But yeah, you get to make music with new people that you never really have because this was the first time I've ever played a show with you either. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Besides jam night, yeah, jam night, absolutely. And man, you were killing it, dude. You sounded great up yeah, there. Yeah, it's uh, thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it was fun. It, I had a blast. I had a blast yesterday. It wasn't you know part of me was like oh man i wish the full band would have been here man because we would have we would have just put on a hell of a show you know <laughs> no and, kidding yeah and, and then i'm and but then i'm like this is kind of fun i had a good time dude we were up there and i was like we are crosby stills and mother freaking nash yeah. right now like yeah, that's three what, acoustic guitars up here just slaying it and we were doing like three different you know harmonies for with the acoustics and and vocals and and then you got keys you threw brady's keys in there and i was like that's not uh, a killer kid's a sauce machine yeah I mean, we should have given him more solos at one point in time i just looked at you and was like ah, i get brady a solo like yeah you know <laughs> that's always one of my favorite things to do at shows when it's just like you think i'm in a solo but even if i have like especially if i had a mic and when i played with owen i did it a lot it'd just be like get up to the time for a solo and just be like owen and just yeah, i just say you're, it you're up like, and then, he doesn't and have Brady's a mic looking at us like uh uh i don't know what play oh here you go okay thanks buddy that's so funny that's so funny but that's another thing that also kind of blew me away because i mean it's people like you know owen or brady or i guess i don't know how old mason is but like you forget that people are younger than us you know because it was just like what was the song that i was playing for him and he was just like i never heard this song before and it was just like do this I don't even know what it was. It was like, this is a Van Halen song or whatever it was. And it was just like, how have you not heard this before? Right. And it's like, oh yeah, you're 18. You know, like, and I can't, there was a movie I was talking about. He's like, I have no clue what. Elvis. There were people who don't know who Elvis is. And I was like, are you kidding me? And and, and then somebody was like, Elvis sucked. And I'm like, whoa, hold on here. That's one of the things where like, yeah, if you're a teenager, I could hear you saying that. But it was my daughter that said that. Uh, okay. And I'm well. like, Allie, <laughs> Elvis is the king of rock and roll. Well, even though he didn't say he was, but yeah, I I get it as a youngster saying that. But like, it sucks to like grow up and like realize you were wrong when you were younger. But like when I was when I finally started like maturing a little bit, I'm like, okay, this guy rules, but he's not doing this. Isn't for me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I can't sit down and listen to Elvis stuff. I'm not watching Elvis movies. No, I'm, me either. You know, uh, but. 
I mean, I still like some of his music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's so many people that are just like, yeah, he was a bloated drug addict that died on the toilet. He's America's hero. I still hero. sit down and watch him in his <laughs> full leather pants and leather at the 69 comeback special. And I've sat and watched it on YouTube one day and I was like, this guy was just a genius when it came to music. It's so cool to know that there was that out there at the time he was doing it. You know, I mean, nobody was really doing quite what he was doing to the point where it was just like, right. Go go play a movie, you know. Sing a song on this ukulele on this on this movie, and it, do some story. horrible acting. It'll I can't believe we're talking about Elvis. Yeah, but here, you know. we go, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis started his life as a boy. No, so but yeah, I totally get that though. Like a lot of that stuff, you got to think like music is either made for me or not made for me. And I don't know when somebody has an opinion of it. Like it's, I hate to say it. Like I grew up and I was just like you know, every, everything sucked. Def Leppard sucks, and just everything sucks. You know, I just. I liked what oh. I liked and everything else was horrible, but I feel like a lot of people have that mindset. And so- I was that way when I was younger too, but yeah. I think, you know, as you broaden your horizons as a musician, I, I think, <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. well, yeah. that's the truth though. Yeah, I mean, that's where it's at. I, there's this young kid that one of my best friends, Nick Swanson, um, his son, Kyler, uh, just graduated high school and he's been a technical guitar player, sit at home and learn scales. And the guy can go rip to the scales. But he's never played with anybody live. Okay. And he, and he likes metal music. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against metal music. Tremonti and all those guys. I mean, yep. there's not very many other killer guitar players like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Incredible. It takes a special something. But I said what you're lacking is a little soul. Um, the inability for you, Kyler, to not be able to play with other musicians because you've never had that opportunity yet. So I told him to come to jam night and he came to jam night last Tuesday and he's like, this is incredible. Well, that was a kid that hopped up and played my guitar for a little bit. Yep. All right. Yep. And he's like, this is incredible. And Eric Lee, you know, he just Mm -hmm. same age. Eric's a little younger and he's, he just picked up on him perfectly. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, we can get together and jam. And that's exactly what Kyler needed. Yep. And I love to see kids when they do that. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and get together. And it's so cool. And just to see his eyes lit up. Like, he he texts me afterwards and be like, that was incredible. And I'm like, it's just jam night every Tuesday night. Come on over to Barnum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's... Yeah, we just hang out. This is what we do. Yep. <laughs> so... That is crazy to think, though. Like, kids today have so much technology available to them to allow them to do things. Where, like, I just imagine what... You know, what would Jimi Hendrix have done if he had a loop station, even? You know, just a looper pedal. Right. Something to just, like, repeat what he had already played over and over again. Right. To learn how to solo over or whatever. Or Or would they still do what they did? I don't don't know. See, like, that's one of those things where I I think we're, you know, because you think about, like, you were talking about playing with somebody for the first time, playing with somebody else for the first time. We've all had, like, those little bands we were in where it's just like, all right, we're all going to learn... You know, last dance with Mary Jane. It's just so, just everybody remember your parts. We all have to play them. But if somebody gets off, it's just like, I don't know where we're at. Everybody stop. Hold on. Like, you don't understand keys. You don't understand anything. It's just kind of, you're just guessing your way through it. Like, I had that experience with punk bands growing up where it's just like, everybody memorize your parts. And if we all have to play them, you know, and we'll start and we'll all end at the same time. But you had no idea what key to solo something or whatever. So it made me think, what was the first time you ever played? a guitar with somebody else outside of being one of those like 
outside of being one of those like oh, we're in a band together and we all learn power chords and it's just you know well i think i was a little bit different because when i first started uh, i was a drummer first right so i just played drums and i and i quit drums and i didn't play anything mm-hmm. i always wanted to learn how to play guitar because i had a couple cool guys cats that were used to live in manson they were the cool guys because we sat in their garage and drink beer and, and and listen to them play guitar yep um and then it was after 9-11 when when finally my buddy said he was stuck down in florida because they couldn't fly home yet mm-hmm. at some refrigeration convention or something and he's like when we get home let's learn how to play guitar so i kind of had him to we kind of learned together you know a little bit yeah. And then I kind of went off on my own tangent, and he went off on his own tangent. And I think, to me, what really brought my horizons with guitar was I really loved 80s hairband stuff. Yep. Most of it's G, C, and D. Yeah. It's not too hard. Yeah. Um, especially the ballads. <laughs> especially the ballads. And that's what, when you're sitting around a bonfire, that's what that's everybody what wants, wants to, to listen to. That's what they want and to sing, sing along at the top to. of their lungs. Yep. Um, so when we did that, and then I learned got into the Almond Brothers band all of a sudden one day and, and I, I I knew who they were I didn't really really listen in depth to who they were and it was um, I think it was a song One Way Out I seen a, a video of their lead guitar player at the time um, do solo to, to One Way Out mm-hmm. and I'm like well that's kind of a box that's if you use the box method on the guitar well wow then you could do this and then you can then you can go up the fretboard and mm-hmm. it and it sounds pretty and that, all of a sudden that opened up a whole new yep. level of guitar playing where it's like i'm not in a funk anymore yep. now i'm going to learn something different because of this Yep. And it was one song is all it was. And then I'm kind of, then all of a sudden I go into another funk where I'm like, oh, you know, I don't, okay, now what do I do? And then I listen to another song and I concentrate kind of hard on how to learn how to that song. Well, then that opens up a whole nother level of guitar yeah. playing. Yeah. So it, uh, it's... I don't know. I don't know if Jimi Hendrix would ever have a looper station. Clapton, he has access to a looper station, or and he doesn't run one. Okay. I well, I, I mean, I'm I'm looking at it this way. Like you kind of said that like one of the first times you ever played guitar, you had a buddy with you to kind of play along yep. with. So you have somebody else to play along with. But if you're all by yourself and never have anyone to play along with, a loop station is kind of like cloning yourself. Yep. For a second. Yeah. So that came first. Now, obviously, there's. There's backing tracks, oh, and, yeah. and you can listen to things and play along with them and, and all sorts of stuff. If I just want to play guitar and just really let everything out and I want to rip on an electric for a while, I will literally plug in a backing track mm-hmm. and do my PA and solo over top of it. Oh, yeah. Loving it. Loving it. Yeah. And just enjoy it. Do that for hours. You know, you get a heck of a workout already with your fingers, and you get that, and it just helps. I mean, it helps. Yep. You're talking about your buddy's kid kind of coming to a jam night and playing with some other people for the first time and how kind of, you know, I saw him. He seemed pretty excited to actually, like, get there and plug some of his stuff into someone else's songs. Absolutely. And him and Eric seemed like they hit it off pretty well and they were talking. So it makes me think that, like, you know, I feel like the thing that makes music really what it is and kind of really pushes people into this space that, you know, puts them as, you know self-identifying as a musician or whatever it is. I mean, like you said, you could be technical and sound and everything else and just play in your basement to nobody, but it's playing with somebody else that really honestly does it. Yes. 
I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe that's you're right. When I, it's almost like you learn how to talk so well, and you're very proficient at talking, but you've never talked with anyone else. Correct. I, if I were say, if I were to say, what made me a better player? Um, yes, soloing the backing tracks was was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't solo the whole that. That's a rough lesson to learn too. You yeah. can solo a whole backing track, but you, you can't solo a whole. You got to know when the noodle and not to noodle yeah. around. Yep. Um, but the best thing was, for me, was to surround myself with players that were a lot better than I was. Oh, yeah. Over the Chris Carr, yep. um, Ron Lee King. Oh my he, gosh! Yeah, you know all those guys, and I didn't know absolutely nothing mm-hmm. compared to what these guys did. And they kind of just, you know, I'd get out and play. Chris Carr especially was like, no, play this, play this. Dude, just come on, come on out. Yep. And that helped me more than anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, and you have to continue to do that. Yeah, it's a little it's a little humbling to go out and do that. That actually kind of ties me back to something you said earlier. It's like your, your appreciation for music grew as you became a musician and as yes. you got older. So that, you just kind of brought up a good point. Like, your Jeremy Ober is like, well, I mean, he can play everything from Almond Brothers to Black Sabbath, you know? Yeah. But then you go, uh, you're on the King. Well, he can play everything from Almond Brothers to, what, Trace Adkins, you know, whatever, just some country stuff. You know, he can go all the way the other way or whatever. Right. And you got Chris Carr can go everything, like, in the middle of those two, you know? It's like, oh, so these people all have their own styles that fit a certain thing that are a certain way. Yep. And you start to realize that, like, yes, they're all po- probably better guitarists or whatever, but it's still one of those things where... I might be able to do some things they can't do because my style lends itself more to X, Y, Z than theirs right. does. Not saying they can't, but it's still one of those things where... I'm never going to be a Jeremy Ober. Yeah. I've just... My, your beard's not going to come in full enough and thick <laughs> enough. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and nor do I look good in a hat like he does, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't have And that. I'll never be a Robin King. There's not too many people that are going to be. I mean, period. Uh, uh, Between any of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, exactly. And I'm not going to be a Chris Carr. I'm going to be a Scott Kirkhart. Yep. And I've come to the realization that's okay. Not only is that okay, a lot of people out there that watch you play all the time think that's more than okay. Yeah. You know? And it's, I'm never going to be a shredder on a guitar. I, as much as I would think that I would love to just be able to shred, I feel like I can't. Mm-hmm. Other people will look at me and go, yeah, you're pretty ripping pretty hard on that guitar, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, no, my mind is, my. I'm hearing something else in my head, but my yep. fingers isn't allowing that to do that yet. Yep. Maybe I'll work up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still not, and that's what makes music great, you know? I mean, I learned, I'm, Chris Carr was a drummer first, and I was a drummer, right? And Chris Carr plays his acoustic guitar like he's playing the drums. Yep. He has per- a rhythm. Percussively, yep. Right. And that's how I play is mm-hmm. it and is that because of my drumming it's got to be I hear a beat in my head and I want to you know I actually really do like that style uh believe it or not I believe I believe DJ Fisher Don Fisher said something like that where he was like I saw those guys playing that way and I picked up the style because I liked the way it sounded, sounded. And, you know and it's one of those things where not only do you like the way it sounds but I think it also fits how you play the the guitar too it actually fits really well yep. as opposed to just what just up up stroking and down stroking the right. same thing the whole time you know and i constantly have a beat in my head like so if i i don't have a, a guitar chord or you know or a riff that i have in my head i constantly 
and this may sound weird as hell, but I'll, I'll wake up in the morning or something, and all of a sudden I, I, I hear something, and I grind my teeth to that beat <laughs> to the point that the dentist says, you got to stop doing that because your, <laughs> you know, your canines are filed down to yeah, nothing. The yeah, so, yeah. but in my head, I got, and I play with my back teeth in the base, and the front teeth is my is the hi hat. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome for your teeth, but I but always awesome. thought that I was weird doing that. Mm-hmm. Always, well, I'm weird anyway. But I always thought that was weird. But then I listened to Dave Grohl's book, and he actually mentioned something about it, and I was like, no way. That's exactly what I've done for years. I, f- I feel like a lot of kids started up doing that, though. Like you, We all forget the things we did as kids, but I feel like every kid was doing the mouth noises with, with your teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just, yeah. yeah. So like, I feel like we were all doing that stuff, but that's, that's something that we just kind of forgot you know, as we grew up or whatever, and different things entered our, our mind and our subconscious. So, like, your subconscious is obviously packed full of music, and it's coming out in the form of, like, it you're, is. you're playing drums with your teeth and probably not even realizing you're doing it sometimes. I, man, <laughs> I was, so we played Ragbury last night, and, or yesterday, and um, I came and had ate dinner with Jesse um, today, mm-hmm. um, ran, did some errands, and then I, I went back home and I took a nap, and I woke up, Tammy woke me up, and I, what an awesome dream I woke up from. I was jamming <laughs> with some random dude, and the guitar tone was incredible in my dream. And I was like, oh, if I could make my guitar sound like that, it'd be awesome, you know? But yeah. That, yeah, I mean, I constantly have music in me. I mean, it's just whether I'm tapping my feet or, or my hand or grinding my teeth. or. <laughs> I, I, but even when I'm playing live, I, have, I'm, I play the beat in my head. And I try to make that happen on the acoustic guitar. Yeah. I have yet conquered that on the electric. Yeah. There's a lot of people that can. That'd be like a Stevie Ray Vaughan type thing. Yeah. He, just, he it, was really big into percussively playing yes. electric. And it would, it would just take me playing a lot of electric guitar, which yeah. I don't do. I play a lot of acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so the electric guitars, I always squeeze so hard because I'm playing, used to playing the, the acoustic guitar all the time. I feel like I'm bending notes out of, you know, or been been in notes out of key and it's yeah. like oh that's one of the things that's like kind of funny because i switch back and forth a lot between the two but like i play way less acoustic than electric so i will play the electric i'm pretty soft-handed most of the time most of the time but like when i get to the point where i'm playing an acoustic like i know i have to squeeze it harder but my brain still hasn't registered like this is hard enough like right. so i'm squeezing the heck out of my acoustic your fingers hurt at the end they of the hurt day. so bad at the end of the day <laughs> hey man i've been there done that before <laughs> and, and you don't have to i mean there, there's times where i can feel it in my fingertips and i'm like okay i just gotta loosen up a little bit yeah you know i don't need to squeeze that hard mm-hmm. and playing six days in a row or five days in a row you learn how hard you can squeeze yes <laughs> real fast absolutely <laughs> So how's that been going for you since now you've, you seem to be booking a lot more shows now since you have more free time on your hands. How's, how's the, the bookings been coming? Uh, pretty incredible. Nice. Um, I can't, I wish I would have done it 10 years ago. I wish I was able to do it 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I look back and think now I've, I've been, I've been a full-time musician officially for almost two months already. Mm-hmm. And I can't. The, the bookings are coming in, whether it's solo, whether it's full bands, whether it's just, you know, hanging out with you guys and, and playing a big gig or something like that. Um, I haven't had an issue whatsoever. 
Um, there's plenty of music to go around. Yeah. Oh, um, my gosh. I Six days out of seven is pretty hard on a voice. I'm not going to. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you that for sure. Oh, yeah. You, you have to protect your voice. And that's a real issue. Yes. Um, and I never, I've never really realized that it was a real issue until you start really doing it. Yep. And then it's like, whew, my voice is pretty well shot. Am I going to be able to? And the one thing that really, really helps a voice is rest. Yes. Sleep. Sleep, yes. I mean, it's the one time you're truly not using it, you know? Right. I mean, um, it's weird to think that. Definitely. And, and I've, you know, I say, so you start, you know, you're always Googling something and you start searching, you know, how to help your voice or what to do with your voice. And, um, you know, whether it's tea and honey to air in the evening or something like that to... Uh, uh, even milk is is good for a voice sometimes, you yep. know. Which is except you probably shouldn't have like a milkshake on stage. With not you. before you know, like, you're playing. No, <laughs> you're gurgling no. up there. by any means. <laughs> but I, I was gonna say something, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, but no, I was. Don't worry, we chased everyone off with the tech talk earlier. Yeah. Okay. okay we're good. <laughs> but no, so you know, it's just um, it's a real issue. It strings. Uh-huh. It's like I don't. I hate to say this one too, but I break my G string a lot and I don't know why it's my G string. And I brought my guitar to Greg uh, Merritt. I was like, you know, is it, is it, is it catching something here? Is there something rough here? It's always breaking in the same spot. Why is it breaking always at the same spot? And we don't really have a, you know, something or we don't have the answer to that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was just been the humidity and the sweat. And, and everything else but it's always my g-string and i use a special string and the g-string is a little bit lighter than what a normal one is yep. do you have a wound or an unwound yeah wound okay so you're wound. still wound all right um so i i don't know so it's it's different um but whatever i just you have to quit being special use the same strings we all use yep. come on man Yep. <laughs> all of us elixirs so that's what i've been using i'm thinking about making the switch because you mentioned strings and i'd I never wanted to be this guy. I, one of the first things I did when I started playing a lot of shows was I, I started asking people, how often do you change your strings? You know? So let me, let me ask, I'll just ask you, how often do you change your strings? You played a gig last, last night. Probably once every three shows. That sounds like a fair, fair Unless assessment. my G-string breaks. Yeah. And, I, I gotta, and then I just, when it does, I'll replace that string mm-hmm. that night, right away, mm-hmm. continue the rest of the show, and then, put the and then at the end of the night, or the next morning, I'll put, wipe my guitar down. Put the other ones and, on. And I'll put the other ones on. That's the way to do it. Yep. That's the best way to do it. Otherwise, you're going to end up with extra strings all over the place. All which over is, the place. I hate it. I've actually, like, to guitars, I've taken a jam night. It's like, well, we've got, like, a two-year-old GHS boomer for the low two strings. And then, we, you know, it's like, got some super <laughs> yeah. slinkies in the middle here. And I think that's an Elixir E. So, like, you know, it's like, I've been, like, putting those kind of sets on to take them to jam nights. But it wasn't until I started playing a lot of acoustic, I was like, oh. I actually have to change these strings fairly often. You know, electrics, especially if you have, like, a lot of distortion and certain things, you can kind of get away with not changing them as often. Well, I, but. Don't get me wrong. I, that's not set in stone. I mean, there's once in a while I get lazy. You know, mm-hmm. like, I just came, literally came off six shows in seven days. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like, mm, maybe I'll stretch it out to four. Mm-hmm. Oh, it worked. Maybe I'll try five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, you know, and then the first time I get up, and there's 600 people in Carroll, Iowa, and I'm doing this downtown thing, man. It was a cool gig and uh, for the Chamber of Congress there. And 
I get up and I start playing. I'm in the second song and all of a sudden, boink, here goes my my string. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh. And then I went to play my other guitar that I hadn't played for a while. And the battery was dead. And I can't get to my battery unless it's on the inside. So oh. I had to literally stop and... and Change my string real quick. Yeah, it'd be, cheap. It'd be easier you know? to change the string than wood. People are cool with it. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't pay attention or don't know any difference really, or or what it takes um, and how many strings we go to or go through as musicians mm-hmm. or or anything like that. I mean, it's that's another thing I've noticed. It's a constant repair on everything that you have. <laughs> I, I mean, whether it's a light stand, a mic stand that's missing a screw now because somehow oh, it just wobbled out. My God. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, it was there at the show and we unloaded it and it's nowhere. Yeah. It, it, nowhere. It, it, it it's not in the trailer even, you know, it didn't come out. Yes. Or a hundred percent or a light that's not working. Yep. Well, it just worked the other day. Or how does a cable that you just wound up and it worked last night. Now all of a sudden it's, totally out it's not working yep you know and that's that's that kind of crap too where it's just like oh uh, i got a speaker stand here blah blah this that and the other mic stand xyz and then then it's like you know part falls off it's like well i guess now we have to go to you know whatever menards or home depot or go get some more screws or bolts but like it's nonstop. but guess what now they don't have the cool hand tighteners on them so you're kind of sol now you gotta bring a wrench with you yeah and we're going through that with a couple bands I'm in now, and it sucks, but it's like, hey, this is what you... It can't just, like, throw this out and buy a new yeah, one. Yeah, no, you can't just go out and buy new stands. I mean, my stands that I got are old. And then I noticed the other day that one of the plastic pieces was broke on it again. I'm like, ah, darn They're, it. Very neat, very neat. But yeah, you're right, dude. It's constant upkeep, which makes me think, since you in Kirkhart have a very big stage presence, and I get it, everyone kind of has their own stuff to worry about. Yep. You guys probably have a decent amount of upkeep, you know, yeah, we do. B- between, it's not like your guitarist has a million pedals, but you got to have patch cables on hand and something might not work or whatever. And, you know, have Bra- two of everything. Yeah. Bra- Brady's got all the lights and stuff. And like, you know, that one doesn't work. Got to have a spare, you know, or like yep. got to have extra, you know, what do they call them? D- DMX cables. Got to yep. have extra DMX, DMX ca- cables. You know, it's all the way down the line. So it's like, uh, you know, XLR cables, quarter inches. I mean, just. It's never ending. It's I mean, why? Mic stand. Hey, anybody know, because we run wireless mics, right? Yep. So those wireless mics have a different, yep, they have for the get, mic stand, right? It's a bigger, they have their own. bigger holder, yep. You think you could find all those someday? Where, where the heck did they come off the mic stand yeah. at? Now all we have is a little one. Now now you got to try to figure out how to get this wireless mic into this little, yeah, you know what I mean? You're going to bust it, It's yeah. just, it's nonstop. And I suppose it's the same with Andy. I mean, he's always got extra drum hardware. He's got extra drum keys, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, the video on Patreon did end, but, like, it, yeah, I mean, like, you can just see, like, you go look at a drum set, you look at the front, there's shiny metal stuff all over it. And then you start looking at it, it's like, oh, those are all screws yeah. and clips and yeah. little nuts and things that all have to be there. Yep. Yeah, maybe you could get away with one of them falling off. Maybe. But maybe. Well, it, was you know? like, it was like we were opening for the Pork Tornadoes, or our, our second gig, right? Mm-hmm. It was a week after. And all of a sudden, his computer wasn't going through the, the mains. Mm-hmm. And Andy's sitting there, we're ready to go on stage. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. And I don't know how he figured out just to bypass this. If you bypass this, 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 we'll get it go. We'll make whatever work. We're just not going to have this. Mm-hmm. You know, but the crowd doesn't know that. Yep. Only Andy knows that. It's true. And us are going, what's going on, dude? 
it ain't working anymore right now, you know? And I was yep, like, yep. and it's frustrating. It is frustrating. It is, but you still have to put on a show, and you know what I mean? You can't just sit there and try to figure it out because we go on in five minutes. It's time to go. Yeah, and there's no way you're going to, at the end of a song, be like, well, that song would have been a lot better if, you know, so-and-so got crap together. You know, you can't do that. No, <laughs> totally right. Different. Yeah. And like you said, they're not going to know. They don't know. You know, they don't know. It's, it's, it's like eating a pizza you've never eaten had before and it's like you don't know they f- didn't throw in a secret spice that they usually throw in there Correct. you know it's like because they didn't throw it in there you've never had it before yep. so you're you're none none the wiser you know yeah so. so it's it's um it's been a it's been a hell of a ride so far I, man i've never enjoyed life so much more than i am right now it's crazy i still remember when you showed me a video and you're like this is what i want it to look like this is what I want my band to kind of like look like when yep. I go out on stage, like when we're kind of playing, I want to, I want to kind of take this kind of like a light show and this type of a performance and this type of a thing. I want to combine them all. And then to actually go out and watch your first notes played on stage as a full band. I was just like, uh, I mean, it's end of the podcast, perfect time for it. I was like, Holy shit, this is exactly what he said he wanted to do. And it, and it, it was like, like, Okay, so you guys are in Omaha tomorrow. It was like it was like that kind of thing. And then after yeah. that, what are you going to be in Denver? Like yeah. that's what it felt like. That's how well, big it felt. That's what it felt like to us too, dude. You it was know, awesome. I, I mean, we're just like, and honestly, I mean, we were just picking up momentum, like just like crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And and then unfortunately, Mason accident happened. Had ruin it all. Yeah, way to go, Mason. <laughs> no, but we're, you know, we're six weeks behind. Now now we're back in the rehearsal. Yep. And but the best part about that is we're all perfectionists here, which yeah. is pretty crazy. And we're so hard on ourselves, which is only going to make us better as a band. You know, I mean, Andy says, "Oh, I should have done this and I should have done that." And we 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 video it so we can go back and critique our stuff. So I look I look on stage of, of, oh, man, I look like a goofball dancing around like that. I want to do something different here, you know. Or or Mason's like, oh, did you hear that? I missed it. No, I didn't hear it, Mason. But you did. I didn't hear it, you yeah. know. Um, Brady's like, oh, I could have – look at those lights. Oh, it would have been cooler if the lights did this and this and this. So we'll change that. Mm-hmm. That's the perfectionism. And I think every musician probably is a little bit, aren't they? I feel like musicians are – are either one of two things. They are either perfectionists or they're just like, eh, screw it, it's good enough. Right. And I, I feel like a lot of us have both of that in it. Yep. But we all kind of tend to lean one way or the other. Yeah, we all, we all know the guitar player who never has a shirt on and doesn't have shoes on. Yes. You know, like that's the screw it, it's good enough guy. Very true. But he's also probably really good at the guitar. Very, so he's, very true. So he's probably got a little perfectionism in him. So. And, and you have to tell, we, I mean, we have to tell ourselves that too, that listen, true. ordinary, the, the fans aren't going to know that you missed one beat, Andy, or, yeah. or Dan, you played an A note instead of an E note. Yeah. It's, it'll blend in in the mix. It'll be fine. Right. That's, that's a hundred percent true. Plus, I don't know. I used to just tell myself like that guy can't play guitar. What does he care? You know? Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Well, I, I, you know, I, in big shows sometimes I have to tell myself. You know, I think the nerves still get there. I, I don't. I'm not that I'm stage fright by any means. I'm yeah. not. It's the I, I call it the hurry up and wait. I feel like I have to get this when I get up on stage. I have to get ready to get up on stage <clears throat> because I want to entertain this crowd. Mm-hmm. And so I have to psych myself up for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whew, here we go. Let's do this. It's go time. Uh, uh, yeah, it's go time. 
It's like getting ready to play a big football game. Exactly. You, know, you got to get that adrenaline flowing and, and it's ready to get into it. Yep. And get that crowd rolling. And that's what that's what I try to do in, in solo shows to band shows, you know, because I want to make it a memorable, memorable experience for the crowd mm-hmm. because we're going to sound killer as a band. I promise you that. Yep. Uh, the amount of musicianship that I have in this band and we all have, I mean, they've, they've been playing for years. Yep. And they're great, and they're tight, and they sound good together. But you got to be able to work that crowd, and people are going to want to come back. And go, oh, did you see this band? Yep. Because man, these guys rock. You know. Yep. Chris Jansen played in Manson, Iowa, for Crash My Crater, and Chris Jansen, they started their their walk on stage thing was uh, just the good old boys by the Dukes, Dukes of Hazard theme song. Yep. yep. And people are kind of into it. And it's packed. And then all of a sudden, he starts talking. And he's not even on stage yet. And he's talking on the microphone. Hello, Iowa. Man, I love the Midwest, and I'm a Midwest boy. And, and next thing you know, the crowd is... He has the crowd in the palm of his hand from the time he started talking to the last final song. There was no break in between. And he, the crowd was engaged. And, I mean, it was just incredible watching that. So I like to watch a lot of people like that to see how they do it, too. You know, Hardy, uh, Chris Jansen, different musicians. It also makes me think from, like, a showman standpoint. Like, you've been to enough shows. I've been to enough shows. I've been on the mic enough. You've been on the mic enough. You're, you're honestly really good at controlling a crowd. Not, like, being, you know, crowd control. But you're, you're really good at being in front of a crowd and... and keeping their attention which i think is something there's so many people that are just like i'm not going to go on stage and i'm not going to say the you know the stuff everyone always says you know because it's just it's too cliche or whatever but how many times have you been in a crowd and someone's just like i've been to a lot of shows but i nothing beats this show right here in manson iowa you know it's like even if even if you don't think they're being honest it's still just kind of like yeah yeah Yeah. you know what we're pretty cool aren't we in the crowd it feels good to hear those things absolutely it does so and it's going to get that crowd involved exactly yeah exactly and that's going to bring more people to your show 100 percent, because they're having fun yep plus i mean some people are just like i don't want to do that because it's mostly my friends so i don't want to go out there and be like you know hello clarion when i know everybody there you got to but what if there's people there that don't know you Right. And their only impression of you is now this first thing. You know, because like I said, when I... Dude, when we went and saw you play, when I opened up for you, your first show, like I said, it was just like... I'm surprised people weren't just like, so, this is a touring band, right? And it's just like, no, no, these guys are all from like right here. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's mind-blowing to have that presence. Not just in, you know, lights. Not just in, we've got the stage full of instruments. Yeah. You know, it's... Everything is as a whole collective deal. Yeah. Everything. And, and that's, what, that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's exactly, and like I told you at the beginning of the podcast, it turned out exactly what I had envisioned in my mind. And it couldn't turn out, I, sure, there's things that we could do better or something like that. In-ears, you know, we grace well, I mean, you know, <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but you know, you never know who's in the audience. That's true. I mean, Garth Brooks got turned down by RCA Records and all that other stuff in Nashville, Tennessee. And then all of a sudden, he had a gentleman who didn't show up to play at the bluebird cafe and he was picked at a later slot so they asked garth to go on and garth puts on a hell of a live show he engages the crowd Mm -hmm. and the guy from 
Giffen Records was set in that crowd to listen to the other guy that he was supposed yeah. to. And he wasn't there. <laughs> and, he li- and he wasn't there. And that's how Garth Brooks got signed. And he's like, Garth said, and then, you know, he says in a special, he finally got to listen to Garth live. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it took. Dude, I will have to say, though, Garth Brooks, music's not made for me. Listen to tons of it growing up. It's cool. It's great. Go check him out online. Uh, his social media presence is awkward, I think. Yeah, yeah, Cause, it is. Because I don't think he knows how to talk. He's he's still talking to all of Facebook like he's in a stadium that's right, full, right. which makes it kind of like yep. weird when he's talking. Yep. That's, it's always kind but of entertaining. Man, can the guy put on a live show? Dude, I remember being a kid, and it was like made-for-TV concert Garth Brooks, and he's like smashing acoustic guitars, and they're exploding with fireworks right. and shit. It's like... Whoa! I mean, look at look at that. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not a huge Garth fan by any means. I mean, I love his music. I think every, everyone is a fan, though, because, you know, you go play a Garth song, everyone goes nuts. Right. You know, Everybody knows it. Everybody knows You're going to know it. No matter whether you're a rocker or not, you're still yep. going to know that Garth Brooks song. Yeah, I got friends in love. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, I've heard it. Okay, yeah, we get it. Yeah. That's but what, we know him. We know him. His, his stage presence was smashing guitars on... Uh, you know, on stage and, and fired. Dude, I'm sure there was people that were like, because he ran around with the boy band headset, yep. like the I work at Hardy's drive-through yep. headset, and and people were probably like rolling over in their grave, like, no, you walk up to a microphone stand like a country gentleman or something, you know? <laughs> right. And he was probably just like, screw that, I want to walk yeah. around. I, Garth did Garth. That's yeah, what it was exactly. going to be. Yeah. And, you know, what? Scott's going to do Scott, and exactly. Ober's going to do Ober, and Jesse Wilson's going to do Jesse Wilson, and, and and but that's what makes it cool. Yeah. Because nobody else can do that. No, no, no. no, no nobody can. else. Nobody else can out Garth Garth because he's already Garth. That's Garth. You know, you're you're already Kirkhart. Nobody else can out Kirkhart. The right. Kirkhart. Nobody know. can out Pizza the Hut. How many times do we need to go down <laughs> this line? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that might be a great way to end this. I actually, I honestly have no clue how far we got into this. Me I don't. Either. I don't have a starting point for it. My camera's dead. The recording's still going, but. You and I could talk for hours, though. We always Dude, do. We always do. Yeah. It's always a good time. I'm glad to know that, you know, because I, I have talked to a couple people here and there, you know, uh, about, like, uh, like I did talk to Andy, you know, he's going to yep. join the band and stuff. So I did kind of, like, touch and go with some people about you starting this. This has kind of been something that every, about once a month, I have somebody on that kind of mentions this is a thing, you know, whether it be you leaving Salty View to start this or yep. whatever it happens to be. And it's cool to know that this ended up being something that came to fruition the way you wanted it to. Yeah. And, and you were able to, because this is an art. Like, stage presence is an art. Music is an art. Like, all of it is art, you know? So you were able to collaborate all of this together into one giant well, thing. Like I said, like I told you in the past ones, I, I set goals for myself. You know, this was a big goal. It's always a big goal. And I won't get into broken strings here, but... That's my next goal. Yep. And I have more time and more free time able to focus on things in life. And that's one of them. So, uh, you know, we're going to keep that rolling too and, and keep going. And <laughs> Maybe that'll be six months down the road. Maybe that'll be the one that's. Yeah, I hope so, buddy. I, ho- I truly hope so. That'll be cool, man. Cause I, that's in the back of my mind. That's been something that's just been like, this is, this is so cool. Like broken strings go back and listen to the old episodes you want to hear about broken strings it's yep. it's still there still going on still yep. a thing so yep still keeping you know all my social media and, and broken strings social media and i just recently got into tiktok which uh. is 
a whole new deal for me. Yep. I'm not into that you have yet. To shoot me your TikTok link. I'll put it in the description with everything else. Right on. Yeah, man. Uh, is there anything you want to? Because there's no camera, so I don't have to look over at the camera. Nope. Uh, that's it. Got got everything. Yeah. Thank you guys for playing with me yesterday, at Brag Brian, Man, it was a great time. Dude, I had, like I said, I had I had so much fun, dude. Yeah, so me much too. fun. I me appreciate too. it. Yep. All right. Thanks, man. Later. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Scott's a fun guy to sit down and talk to, and I'll tell you what, I like checking in on him every now and then to see what he's got going on, because he's always got something going on, at least as long as I've known him, which hasn't been like forever, but as long as I've known him, he's always had something kind of going on, uh, you know, whether or not it's just playing with this band, playing with that band, doing some solo shows, doing broken strings, going to start a new band, he's always got something going on. So it's always fun to check in on him, and see what he's got going on. Uh, I hope to interview a few other people in his band. There's a, a few people in his band that I haven't had on the podcast that I've seen around the area in one form or another. As a matter of fact, I shared the stage with one of them uh, not too long ago when I played with Scott, so that's pretty cool. Uh, if you guys are looking for Scott Kirkhart's information, check it out down below. It is all down there. Um, I do want to say there's a fun story. I should have mentioned it in the podcast. I don't think I did, but we played this show together, and... Uh, we had a, a DJ kind of like on a side stage that announced us and the DJ pronounced Scott's name wrong. It was the funniest thing ever. And so then he announced him again a second time. We were all listening and he announced him uh, by the wrong name again, but it was a different wrong name. So it was extra funny. Uh, we all had a little giggle about that. So now we got inside jokes, jokes and jokes and jokes. All right. So if you guys are looking for Scott's information, check it out down below. There's links to all that stuff down there. Hopefully he sends me uh, his TikTok link, and I'll just plug that baby in there, too. Also, uh, if you're looking for Audible Farm information, that's down below, too. Or just go to audiblefarm.com. You can find links to all of our social medias. You can find links to our YouTube channel. You can find links to our Patreon, which has video versions of the podcast for just $1 a month. And there's also the Audible Farm shop. Hoodies are coming back. I said it. There it is. If you actually listen to the outros, and this is something that you don't just fast forward through, you know something that maybe not everybody else knows. But uh, yeah, hoodies are coming back. I ordered them, just waiting. All I gotta do is wait. So hey, if you guys are looking for hoodies, they're coming back. Finite number of hoodies are going to be available in a finite number of sizes. I just kind of guessed my way through. I had a few people that essentially made some pre-orders, so that's what I went with for the sizing comparisons based on what I needed. So uh, thank you guys for showing interest in the hoodies, even though it's 90 degrees out, but these last, you know, this last week's actually been pretty nice out. So, you know, hey, hoodies, they're coming back. Check them out, Audible Farm Shop. It's, uh, you can check it out at shop.audiblefarm.com. It'll take you right to the shop, and you can find all sorts of goodies there. Otherwise, that's it for me. Uh, episode 200 is coming up. I honestly didn't plan for it. I've had a lot of people tell me I should do something really special for it. I don't know exactly what I should do. I've got big ideas, but I don't know if I can pull them off. At least not with the short amount of time I'm giving myself to pull it off. So we'll see what happens. Episode 200 is coming up. If you got something fun in mind, drop me a line. We'll see if I can make it happen. It is the, uh, the crazy part of summer where playing music is getting really busy. So hats off to... Well, pretty much everyone I've been playing music with this summer. Clint Riedel, Jesse Wilson, Three Finger Betty, and a little bit of Scott Kirkhart on the side there even. Holy cow, that's pretty fun for me. So thank you very much for listening to this. Thank you, Scott, for joining me on the podcast. You're the man, man. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Did I say that? I did. All right, I'm out. Peace. <laughs>